and in the crypto and gaming NFT space, it's all about interoper interoperability and ch and collaboration. It's, uh, so projects want that because they're what the, the number one like cool buzzword in NFTs is currently utility, and what utility means is, in a simple form, is this NFT that I own. What can it do for me? What can it? What does it do? And so if it's only in the one game, the utility is still good, but it's much more limited than saying, hey, not only can you play it in the game, you can take it into Central Land, you can take it into other metaverses, you can do these other collaborations. And the other thing is when you start doing those collaborations, you also provide additional utility for other games, tokens, currencies, things like that, that then allow the value to increase and different stuff like that. So there's a lot of huge opportunity there. Um, but the other side of it, <clears throat> That's that of crypto gaming that's become really cool, and I'm sure you're aware of is crypto gaming. Even these these like non-game games in the crypto space have pioneered this whole new world of um, scholars and scholarships. And what that is is there are um, people like especially third world, second world people that want to play these games, but may not have the money to buy the NFT to play originally, right? they need the NFT to play. So what has happened is these guilds have come in and buy the NFT and then they basically let the, the player or what they call the scholar use the NFT in the game and then in the game the scholar and the guild split the currency rewards that come out of the game. So it's basically a leasing system, right? So in Mech.Game we're doing the same concept. Heroes are an inspiring group of people, every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell, from the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, to the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that, I can help people, I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I have a, uh, a fun returning guest for us today. I've got Tanner Larson on the line. Tanner, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. Glad to have you here. So for those of you who um, listened to Tanner's episode before, Tanner um, was the CEO of Build, Grow, Scale, which is one of um, probably the biggest and best e-com training companies in the world. And I know you just recently stepped down as the CEO of that company to pursue some other ventures. You want to tell us a little bit about what's going on there and where uh, where you're going next? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, BGS is still, it still is kind of the premier training and optimization company for e-commerce brands. Um, but, you know, I've been doing e-commerce since 2001. I've been, you know, kind of a dinosaur in the online space. I've done all kinds of things through through the internet and through internet business. And I'm always got my hands in different things and dabbling in, um, you know, different side projects, different things where I see potential. And one area that I have been, getting heavier and heavier into for the last several years is crypto and cryptocurrencies, blockchain technologies and things like that. And I started a, what was originally kind of a passion project when I saw this kind of uh, perfect opportunity forming in the space. And it has since grown into something that 
is becoming very quite quite big, quite large, quite fast. Um, and I see the potential here and the future here in such a big way that um, my partner and I talked at, at BGS, and for me to be able to pursue this the way that I wanted to, um, I decided to step down as CEO of Build Grow Scale so that I could pursue this venture, you know, full force. Yeah, and so um, if uh, I don't know if this is too early, but it's uh, it's Mech.game is the yep. name of your NFT game that you guys are starting. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I kind of was cryptic in that description. I didn't mean to be cryptic, but <laughs> yeah. So the project it's in the crypto gaming space, um, which is actually a very new space. But the project itself is called Mech M E C H dot G A M E, and that's actually the URL as well. Which I was super stoked to get that URL because it's just perfect. Mech.game. Um, and the project is a crypto based gaming project that leverages NFT technology, blockchain, um, ledger, distributed ledger technology, as well as, um, DeFi economics. So there's a whole bunch of things there that we're talking about that kind of sound technical and geeky. Um, but the first thing that is to understand when I say NFT, most people's eyes glaze over or they go, Oh, you mean those stupid, uh, you know, JPEG monkeys and things and, you know, or whatever. And it's, Oh, look, I, I copy and paste it or right click and saved. I stole your JPEG. I'm like, yeah, I think that's stupid too. But that's not the reality of the NFT technology. And to be fair, when I, I've been in crypto since 2016, not as a uh, quasi investor, as a very bad investor, I would say, um, in the early days, um, learned how to take a large amount of money and make it into a small amount of money. So if you want secrets on that, I could tell you that from as far back as 2016. Um, but I stuck with the space and kept evolving with it and, you know, learning more. But when NFTs first came out, I thought they were stupid too. I'm like, look at this. I mean, I love the money that people are making. That's amazing. But what? Like, what is this? <laughs> um, and it wasn't until I really started understanding the underlying technology of it that I was like, oh, this, this has some legs. And in the nutshell, for those of you guys who don't know NFTs, if you look at an NFT and you think, what is special about it? It's not so much the actual NFT, non-fungible token. It is the fact of what the NFT does. So the best way to describe it is if you take a token, which in cryptocurrency, everything's called, are tokens, right? Um, NFTs are tokens as well, but all tokens normally are fungible. So if we take a quarter, you have a quarter in your hand, I have a quarter in my hand, we call those tokens and we put them on the table and I mix them up and cover them up. Can you identify your token? No, not really. the same. Yeah, because right? they're they're fungible. They're fungible, meaning they're 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 interchangeable as yeah. the same. So my quarter is the which same is as your a, quarter. There's no difference. Which is which is a rule for currency. Currency has to be fungible in order Correct. for it to function as currency. Hundred percent. Now NFT is non fungible token. So now what we did was we took that currency and we wrote you know Tanner's court, quarter and Richard's quarter on it. So we mix them up. Do you know which one's yours? Of course you do, because it has your serial number on it. So NFT technology at the most basic level is a way to put a serial number, if you will, on a digital or type of anything. So an NFT now has a serial number. So when you start doing that, your artwork has serial numbers. You can use it in insurance and business applications and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you can use but, it to tokenize real estate. You can do all sorts of interesting so things. So many crazy things. With, with nfts and like it's yeah. it's such an interesting space and the the thing that has really been blowing my mind with nfts is looking at how like it, it i think a lot of people right now they're looking at nfts and they're thinking what does the stupid monkey jpeg have to do with the future of the internet 
um, and they're not looking at what what is the underlying technology actually Correct. capable of. And when you look at what the underlying technology is actually capable of, what you see is you see that probably within the next 10 years, if it even takes that long, every asset you have in the real world and in the digital world is going to have some sort of NFT tokenization that goes along with it so you can move and transfer ownership um, and yes. do even do crazy things like right now, you or I aren't in the position financially, maybe if MechGun goes really well, um, we will be, but you know, <laughs> to like buy one of the big towers like trump tower in new york yep. or something like that we couldn't buy that um because it's just you just have to be you know really really wealthy to invest in those kind of things but they're talking about nft technology allows them to actually tokenize the ownership of the real estate in the same way that you can buy a portion of a company with a stock you could buy a portion of a big real estate transaction um, yep. and all of that is really it's like baseline nft technology you're talking about how you can apply that to gaming um, yeah, so we so talk a little bit about how, how does that, that sort of technology apply to absolutely. a game? So that's where I think, and in my opinion, everything you just said, 100% true. But that's, that's like, in reality, that's like the super adopters, the super nerds, the super geeky guys. I get this and I'm ready to jump in now. Hmm. It has to, for NFT technology to really catch on, we got to catch it with something more mainstream, more, you know, uh, that's more adoptable. And that's where the gaming aspect comes in in, in a big way. So um, one of the things about gaming, so I, I consider myself a closet gamer. And I say that because I have an obsessive personality. And once I find a game that I like, everything else goes out the window and my life gets consumed by the game. So I don't let myself game very often anymore. But I used to a lot back through high school and after that. And I played Doom. Um, I played World of Warcraft. I played all kinds of these different games. Uh, XCOM Apocalypse, all kinds of random stuff. Into, uh... Legend of Zelda. A couple I years did that back. too, you know, all, all that stuff. But one of the first games that I got into that was an online game that was big was Diablo 2. Now, Diablo oh, 2, remember that? Did you, have you played the resurrected version? My son I and I not. just got the resurrected version, no. and we, the both of us have put in um, untold hours over the last really? year since they released it. Well, I'm um, going to have to play it now. Um, oh, yeah. But if it, you remember back with Diablo 2, you would play, build these characters and you start out as a level zero and you wind up with like a level 80 sorceress or whatever. And you play ungodly amounts of hours to do this. Then you get bored or you're done playing or whatever. And that's basically it. Say what? I currently have level 75 druid. Druid. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Um, now with that, what we, what we did back then was we're like, okay, well, how, what can we do with this? And we decided to try to sell our accounts on eBay. So that was a thing for a while. You would basically try to sell your character on eBay, but you didn't sell the character. You gave your logins to your account and then you would go create a new account. And you hoped that when you make the transaction that that was like authentic and people weren't scamming you because it was a high trust factor, but it was also illegal by the terms of Blizzard's uh, and Diablo yeah. 2's terms of service. And then World of Warcraft comes about and the same thing. People are finding rare armor, rare items, things in the game. And there's this whole like underground marketplace of people trying to sell them for real money. Yeah, All and that's like illegal. just mainstream, like if people have watched uh, Big Bang Theory, there's the whole, they have got a couple episodes in the series where they're, the characters the, the, the characters in the TV show are playing a World of Warcraft style game and they get one of those super rare swords and there's like this whole joke where like they catch the sword and they all stop playing to go sell it on eBay. And Correct. then he's like, I got it and I sold it. And then one of the other guys on the couch is like, I bought it. I bought it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, bought that's it from what was happening. And it is happening. <clears throat> and but according to terms of service of the game, you're not allowed to do that. It's, it's, it's real janky operation now. So 
and currently what people who play video games play for pure enjoyment. When you stop playing the game, all that time invested is gone. There's right. no value there. So what NFT technology is allowing, and one of the reasons I'm jumping in in a big way is we can now use NFT technology to attach it to your game character or your game items. And now the character that you play, your level 75 Druid, is now a piece of digital real estate that you own. And all the upgrades, all the things that happens to your Druid is recorded on the blockchain. And when you want to, because you own that, it's like the title to your car. You have a title to your car. You have a title to your level 75 Druid. You can go sell that Druid to another player on the marketplace. But you also, your Druid has armor. He has a staff. He has potions. He has all these different things. All of those things can also be NFTs and have a serial number attached to them. So you could sell them as a whole, or you could part them out, or when you find stuff you can't use, you could sell that. So you've, And it's a legal way of transferring it and a very um, trustless, meaning that no, there's no trust required in order to make this transaction happen. You put it up for sale on the blockchain. I want to buy it. I send you cryptocurrency by clicking a button. At the same time, the transaction happens and the NFT is sent to me. There's no way to scam people and it's super awesome. So I want to so, I want to point something out that's really cool about yeah. that that I think a lot of people don't really get where the value is coming from, and so if you back up into like where what's happening, um, and is Ryan Dice a couple of years ago said you know the uh, um, who he's the head of digital marketer for those of you who don't know he said that you know everyone's in the attention business today whether you like it or not you're in the business of attention, um, and going forward that's really the the way marketing is done it's all about how you get attention. And what's interesting is if you look at companies like social media, like Facebook, Twitter, any of those, they're, they're all essentially, um, we are giving them our attention and then they're monetizing that attention in the form of ads. Correct. But we don't get compensated for our attention, right? Because our attention is valuable to the advertisers who want to pay for our attention. And what the NFT gaming space, and I think a lot of other NFTs are doing, is they're going to allow you as the one who has the valuable attention to monetize that attention yourself. So when right. you take and you put in 450 hours into your, you know, Diablo 2 character, that 450 hours in building that character and getting the stats and doing the stuff for it has a value to it that you can then exchange in the economy, Correct. which you can't Correct. do now. Correct. Um, so it and changes, are, where, where it changes the, the way that the value works. comes from is the players, right? A lot of times players want to come into a game, they don't want to start at the level or at the beginning, they, they're willing to buy, or they don't want to find the rare thing, they're willing to buy it. And that's been proven. If you look at games like Candy Crush, Clash of Clans, they all have these things where you can buy in-game purchases that like to buy more jewels or buy more whatever to make the game easier for you to play faster. It's a convenience purchase. And people to the tune of billions and billions of dollars are doing that every single year with no value, no value exchange other than enjoyment. In this case, they're doing this, you can do the same thing, but Everything that you buy can become more valuable in the game, thereby the same players that are, you know, you're playing with can then buy your character, you can trade, exchange, whatever, but it's all tracked by a basically a serial numbered technology that is completely trustless and, you know, can store the value. So it's, I can't say, hey, buy my level 80 and you buy it and it's only a level 20. There's no way to scam the system. Because yeah, it, it is what it is because it's, it's, like it's a real asset. Correct. Right. It would be um, you're essentially being able to do the same kind of things you do in the real world, whereas like, you know, hey, instead of a digital cup, right, like here's my actual cup. 
it's the same yep. kind of transaction. You give me money, I give you my cup, you have my cup. Same yep. thing happens in the digital space. Correct. I got this level 70 character, I give it to you. It's it's the same type of physical exchange because of the way the technology works, yep. which we couldn't do with digital stuff before NFT technology and blockchain stuff existed. Yep. What I want to what I want to talk a little bit about though is is in the NFT gaming space, there's a lot of stuff that's happening. You guys are approaching it a little bit differently. And I want to find out why are you guys approaching it that way? And what do you think sort of like the problem is in the marketplace that you guys are going to help solve with the way you guys are building Mech.Game? Sure. So there's a couple different things that are happening. So that's one of the real reasons I was excited about moving into the gaming space. Um, but the other thing is, is that the, the, if you talk to any crypto expert in the crypto token, token space, they're, whether they're investors, advisors, blockchain owners, whatever, they're all saying that the next big boom industry in crypto is going to be crypto gaming. And they're saying it's you know three to five times or more bigger than the dot-com boom was just in one sector of the crypto space, which is just in gaming. Now, what the reason for that is because crypto for, for gaming- For those of you who don't know, game, like just traditional gaming is like a $60 billion a year industry. Um, correct. Like gaming launches right now- will be multiple trillions by 2025. Yeah. And just like, again, if you don't know the space, like when there's big game launches, they are generally bigger and have more money behind them than your big Hollywood launches that you see over yep. the summer blockbusters. Very um, true. And yeah, so it's, it's a huge space that if you're not a gamer, you don't, you're not aware of. <laughs> um, but you know, when you're in like our, our world, which is, you know, gaming and marketing, you sort of pay attention to all that stuff. And you realize that, man, some of these big game launches, they just make like the Marvel superhero launches look like chump change. Correct. And one of the reasons crypto gaming is poised to be so big is, is looking at the gaming population. The people who are in crypto right now are the technically savvy, the technically advanced. They're the, typically people that are, have a, a little bit more tech savvy, right? To get more mainstream adoption, we've got to lower the technical curve. We've got to get more of that. And obviously, more and more people are getting into crypto every year. The next big technically competent uh, audience is gamers, that has not yet yeah. dipped their toe into crypto. So that's one of the reasons that they've been it's pushing like so hard to pull step. gaming correct. And I was like, I, I always tell people when they're looking at investing in any crypto, whatever, whether it's gaming or not, I was like, if you want to see who's going to win long-term, see who makes crypto invisible to grandma, but let's yeah. grandma use crypto. Yep. So this is the first the phase of that. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So gaming will be the first phase of that. Now, Crypto gaming as a whole is pretty much focused around PDE, which is play to earn. So basically you play the game and you earn some form of cryptocurrency reward in exchange for playing the game. That's how most of these games are operating. Traditional gaming, you game for enjoyment. You only play for enjoyment. Crypto gaming is incentivized gaming where you get paid to play. The difference yeah, so between you the two your attention. Is, say what? You get paid for your attention. Correct. The difference is that in the P2E world, the, the crypto world, the games can barely be called games because they're yeah. more like DeFi applications dressed up as a game where you click, as an example, you have a horse race, you have two horses and you you're going to race them and you click a button that says race my horses. And then two seconds later, it says, oh, congratulations, this horse won. It's a randomized algorithm. It's not a game. Yeah. There's no skill. What it is, is it is gambling packaged up as a game, like a gambling algorithm, an online gambling algorithm. That's what it is. Now, yeah. in the most games are like that right now because it's early in this space and everything else. And, you know, you click a button and you, you win and you get a reward. Okay. Yeah. The and gamers, then like part, part of the, part of the reason for that though, is just like the technical hurdles to actually make 
a real game have real nfts that are interchangeable either between the system or between other games is like it's huge um and it's going to take a you know someone who's really dedicated to building the technology out to do that which sounds like is where you guys are going correct so but the, the, if you look, there's still two worlds of gaming. They have not touched at all. And if you go to a gamers forum, a traditional gamers forum, and you mention NFT games or PDE games, they basically t talk crap and say how horrible they are. And they're right, because these guys play for the love of gaming. So they're going to play a game over on the crypto side, and it's not fun. Why would they play it? So yeah, you don't has put 450 because, hours into clicking on the horse. Yeah, they're not real games. They want to play real games. So the opportunity here in the crypto space is for games that are built in the reverse order from crypto, a game that you would actually want to play, even if there was no play to earn rewards, but then you build a real game that's playable. And then you tie in all this stuff like play to earn rewards, DeFi economics and player owned assets with NFT technology. So players own the character player owns the weapons, the shields, the, whatever the other items are that make the game function. Have you seen uh, Ready Player One? Yeah, I've seen part. I, I actually couldn't watch the whole thing. It, it bored, I didn't like it, but I did watch part of it. So it's just interesting to me because like, like the, the world that they built in that movie yes. was essentially all NFT-based stuff. Yes. Um, and I always yeah. tell people, like, if you're, if you're confused about how, how NFTs work and what it looks like, watch that movie. And Because every time that he's like, I'm going to go into my thing and pull out a, an item for his, his digital avatar – it's all NFT stuff, exactly like NFTs. what you're talking about here. Player-owned asset. Now, the other thing is in the gaming space right now is currently in the in the crypto gaming space, the, the, the big thing is people have been trying to tie NFTs and crypto together since NFTs came out. So there's lots of NFT games. But if you look at NFTs, most of them are 2D images. They're a JPEG uh, or, or a PNG of, the, of like a torso of something. And then they say, oh, yeah. this is your character in the game. And they try to build some game. Well, reality says, and technical coding says, this 2D JPEG three-quarter character is not actually your character because a game character has to be coded in a specific way, you know, you know, using Unity or Unreal or whatever. So they're not. So they're saying that you own your game character, but you really don't. You own a, a PFP or an image of what your game character could look like. But typically, mm -hmm. these games then build a character that is not also an NFT. So technically, all of what happens on your game character, by this simple state of the law, you don't own it because it's not connected and they're yeah, not tied together. You own you own the JPEG representation of your character. Correct. You don't actually own your character. Correct. Right. It, and would, that, be, and it would be like like taking a picture of the uh, Mona Lisa versus actually owning the Mona Lisa. Correct. <laughs> and that's where we're at. Have been at currently. What we're doing with Mech.Game is, and that's another reason why you see JPEGs and images because NFTs have been very simple. They've been very uh, simple art type of things until now. What we're doing is the actual NFT that you purchase is your three-dimensional game character. So if it's you go to mech.game and look at it, it is the game character. Yeah, so it's the actual code that's being played in the game. You Correct. own that. And what you, so what you see code. on, say, OpenSea or Byte.io or whatever, when you go to an NFT marketplace and you're viewing your NFT, you'll see a three-dimensional walking around mech and you can manipulate and do all that, that's the exact one that you use in the game. So you'll see the exact representation of it. It is the exact one in the game and out of the game. So, so if I can make a comparison real quick, just make sure I'm understanding this properly. Mm -hmm. World of Warcraft is really huge. Everyone has their, huge. you know, their little characters and their avatars. But at the end of the day, all of the game code is owned by Blizzard. 
Yes. Right. So anything, any of the effort that you've put into the game, all of the uh, stats, everything, it's all Blizzard owns all of that. What you guys are actually building is whatever I put into the game is actually like mine. So I actually own a portion of Mech.game and like literally own a portion of the code of the game is mine. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. The code that you that per- pertains to your character, your assets, your your interaction with the game. The overarching game infrastructure that like the levels you play and all of that, that's owned by the company, of course. But your participation in there, yes, you own that. You own your character. You, you know, you play the level and you find a new weapon. That weapon is an NFT as well. You own that weapon. And you know, whether it's equipped with you or not, it's stored in your wallet or your inventory, basically, and you you have access to it. You can then sell it, you can trade it, you can use it, you can destroy it, whatever you want, you own it. And then when you yeah. want to leave the game for whatever reason, you can take your stuff and go and then take it somewhere else. The other thing is what this opens up for us is collaboration with other projects where you can take your mech from our game and go play it in another game that we collaborate with or Decentraland. You can take your mech have, into Decentraland and park it in your driveway of your, of your Decentraland house. Like you, ha- cool. you have... Because the, the, the code allow and the ownership of the NFT allows, as long as the other platforms are coded in the, in the similar sense, certain types of code is required, you'll be able to do that. And so there's other projects that are coming out that we're collaborating with as well to do exactly that. So that you're basically, you know, and there'll be, there'll be spoofs, right? There'll be fun levels. So we have one of our um, collaborations, they're building a metaverse game that is with superheroes and they they're, we're going to build a side level that kind of conjoins our games where their superhero can battle one of our mechs. Now, it has That's nothing cool. to do with the original, the regular gameplay. It's just one extra, you know, arcade mode type thing that you can add to a project. And we can do tons of those with other projects. Do you see more and more of that becoming mainstream in the NFT gaming space that instead of like, because I know everyone's looking at NFTs like, how do I win in the investing game? And I know that one of the things that I've been looking at is I don't think there's going to be a winner. I think the winner is going to be the, the people who are, or the, and the games and the, the technology that's going to allow things to have um, inter, interoperability. Agreed. Right. Where your stuff can be like, if I own it, but I can only ever use it in mech.game. That's limiting. Like, it's limited. But if you guys are built in such a way that it's interoperable and other people are coming on board and also building interoperability, if I own a really cool mech.game mech, and then I can take that over to, you know, this is just, you know, spitballing. Say Pokemon gets into it, and I can take my yeah. mech into the Pokemon world and do a Pokemon battle with my mech against Charizard yeah. kind of thing. That's where you start getting to really interesting, like, Correct. futures for gaming. And in the crypto and gaming NFT space, it's all about interoper- interoperability and ch- and con- collaboration. It's uh, So projects want that because they're, what the, the number one na- like cool buzzword in NFTs is currently utility. And what utility means is in a simple form is this NFT that I own, what can it do for me? What can it, what does it do? And so if it's only in the one game, the utility is still good, but it's much more limited than saying, Hey, not only can you play it in the game, you can take it into central land, you can take it into other metaverses, you can do these other collaborations. And the other thing is, is when you start doing those collaborations, you also provide additional utility for other games, tokens, currencies, things like that, that then allow the value to increase and different stuff like that. So there's a lot of huge opportunity there. Um, But the other side of it 
that's that, of crypto gaming that's become really cool and i'm sure you're aware of is crypto gaming even these these like non-game games in the crypto space have pioneered this whole new world of um scholars and scholarships and what that is is there are um people th like especially third world second world people that want to play these games but may not have the money to buy the nft to play or originally right but they need the NFT to play. So what has happened is these guilds have come in and buy the NFT, and then they basically let the, the player, or what they call the scholar, use the mm -hmm. NFT in the game. And then in the game, the scholar and the guild split the currency rewards that come out of the game. So it's basically right. a leasing system, right? So in Mech.game, we're doing the same concept. You will be able to own your Mech. Now let's say, this is where the whole investment, how do you win at NFTs thing comes back into play. With NFTs, you can buy them, you can sell them or flip them, right? Or you can hold them, you can play them. There's different things you can do. But the NFTs that have the most value and the most long-term appreciation for uh, opportunities and stuff are the ones that have multiple utilities. So with mech.game, you own your game character. What if you're not, like I have people that are buying the mechs that don't want to play the game at all, they just want to rent them out and have it become a passive income stream for them. So I have a mech, you want to rent it from me. I basically set up it all in the system. I can select the percentage that says, hey, you're going to get 60% for playing the mech. I'm going to get 40%. And the system automatically splits those rewards and sends them to each person's wallet as they're earned. But then if you're underperforming as a player, I can end the agreement and I can go rent it to somebody else. And then once you've earned enough money, you can potentially go buy your own mech or just keep doing that. Now, to think that's kind of hard to believe, it is until you realize that there's a game called Axie Infinity that kind of pioneered this model. And they have 1.2 million Filipinos that log in every single day to play full-time for their living. And by full-time, it means a couple, three to six hours of playing a day. And they make between 25 and 50-ish dollars or more a day. That's out of awesome. their cut. Now these guys do that and they, they literally make more money playing a video game that's not even a fun game than they could, you know, at their regular job in the Philippines. And these guys are all scholars that guilds have created, have basically bought the NFTs and then leased them out to the scholars. 1.2 million of them a day, or a day are already doing this. And it's just continuing to grow as other countries um, are finding out and that, hey, I can make 30 bucks a day playing a video game. Sign me up. So if I'm understanding you correctly, one of the things that you guys are trying to do differently is you want to make the game aspect, like the actual I'm going to play a game, to be something that you would play whether or not you were getting paid to play That's it. the number one priority of what we're building because that's the only thing that is going to attract regular gamers to the, the, the space. They're going to come over and go, man, this is a fun game. All right, and then they're going to get into it, start playing it, and then they're going to start earning crypto rewards. And it's like, dude, I'm get, I get paid to play this game? Hey, mom, look, you, you said I was wasting my life playing video games. Now I'm making money, right? Yeah. So, like, I, I'm pretty sure everyone in our age bracket had our parents tell us at one point when we were teenagers, like, you shouldn't spend as much time playing your video games because you're never going to be make a living with it. And, and now here some you are people do literally designing a game. Streaming, but I never yeah. did. The vast majority of people don't. But And I'm not say, saying that someone who lives in Alabama you know, in the middle of America is going to be able to make enough money playing mech.game to change their life or live. I'm not saying that at all. It's not the point. 
the point is they're going to build a game that people want to play for enjoyment and then also reward them for their time through rewards. And then they also own the assets that they're playing and that they find and everything else. So they can supplement, either sell it, trade it, whatever. And, you know, guys, it's, there's it's no longer just entertainment. It's entertainment. Correct. Like your again, your attention has value. Yes. Um, in the new economy you for that. And you're, you're being rewarded for your attention. Correct. And um, the, uh, the other as aspect is as with the blockchain, you're able to record like as your person gets better, as your character gets better, as you upgrade it, that's all stored. So when someone like someone comes to buy my, my mech that I want to sell or rent it, I can say, look, it's worth th this because of all of the stuff that's been done to it. And they can see the upgrade path. They can see that it's not a base level character. And they can go, do I want to go buy a base level character or do I want to start at a badass level and jump into the game like, like a king? Okay, so tell me a little bit about actual the mech.game, like your first version of this. What kind of game is it? What kind of gameplay? Like wh who's your sort of your, your target gamer that you're, you're looking for? Perfect. So uh, what we, I didn't just pick mech <laughs> because I, I, I'm a, I love mech warrior. I used to play that a lot, but I, I approached this opportunity the same way I would approach any business. I started doing research and figuring everything out. And one of the, one of the areas that I researched when I was looking at game demographics, affluency of spending, things like that, was that the mech demographic, the robotic gaming, mech fighting, Gungan, uh, mecha, all those different combinations that all boil down to a mechanized fighting robot. They're a massive audience. And they are also yeah, a, Hollywood blockbusters about that audience. Yeah. I mean, Pacific Rim, all that stuff, right? There's a huge audience of gamers that love that kind of gaming. They're also a fairly frustrated audience in that the only type of games out there for mech combat are mech versus mech battle combat, like fight a mech. That's it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, and the general consensus is like, this is great, but what else could we, what other mech games could, could there be? And there hasn't yeah, been there, any. There are the uh, video that. game equivalent of those little, those little, uh, you know, you push the little thumb button and they, they punch, yeah. it, they punch each other. Yeah. Yeah. The, basically the, that. The video game equivalent. So I saw that and I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. And I, I love mech. So that's cool. And then I started looking at other games. I researched a whole bunch of different genres, but one, another one that caught my eye because I also enjoy it is tower defense. It's a That's strategy style game, right? Where Love you've got in, hordes of enemies coming in, trying to attack you, and your job is to defense the, defend them by building towers. And so I kind of kept looking at this. This is another audience that's massively huge. It's very addictive. They, they like oh, yeah. to stream. Um, so they my, like to share their gameplay. My current tower defense game that I play with my son is called Bloons TD6. And it's just, one. yeah, it's, it's retarded. Um, it's literally, it's monkeys your towers are monkeys mm -hmm. and then balloons come and attack you and they pop the balloons with darts oh. and then they just go all the way up to like you know you've got wizard monkeys and super monkeys yeah, all and kinds all of these crazy other things levels and yeah whatever you want to do but the point is is like the market i didn't realize it was this huge but that one game all by itself has a multitude of streamers who make full-time six-figure incomes just covering that game all by itself right. Yep. And it's just, it's a tower defense game with monkeys and darts. Yeah. And it's a goofy one. It's not even like a realistic, like a triple A title or anything crazy like that. It's just a fun little game to play. Yeah. So that audience that you're Ridiculous. exactly describing, we were looking at and I was like, holy crap. And then I did started comparing the audience demographics and I found out that there was a massive overlap between mech players and tower defense players, meaning that mech players are also tower defense players. So that was where we said, hey, what if we could dream up a mechified tower defense game 
where you have a base, which is also an NFT that you have to defend. You build towers to defend from the enemy. Those are stationary defense towers, air defense, ground defense, all that stuff. And then and you your also mech would be like your hero. Yep. And your mech is your hero. You have a hero character that runs around the map that you control. And to add extra layer to it, to make it more fun, because a lot of tower defense games, you just build towers indiscriminately and you just, it just kind of gets less fun. We are actually building in a strategic element where you have to mine resources in the game. So it's got a little bit of strategy aspect that those resources are used to build your towers, repair your towers in the level. So you either, if you don't mine enough, you're not going to be able to build enough towers. Plus the mines are not going to be in the most convenient location behind your defenses. You may have to defend in multiple locations. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where your mech comes in being able to run around and do all this kind of stuff. So that's the, um, it's basically a, Tower defense, top-down, uh, top-down tower defense style game with a hero character as your mech, and all of those, the mech and the stronghold, are the NFT main NFTs that you own. They're upgradable. They earn experience. They have game stats that can be improved, like elf battle, um, power, energy, all those kinds of things. When you upgrade them, it reports to the blockchain and, and stores that data. Yeah, yeah. So just you know, like I said, the the tower defense game that I'm playing, right? I can I can upgrade my hero. Um, with different like you know animations or different like pieces that go with him um you can also unlock like abilities later mm -hmm. on so you can have stronger abilities to fight bigger bad guys yep. so the same kind of thing um same except thing. difference being like if i pour real money into this game it's just for entertainment whereas if i pour money into my mech hero and i decide you know Two years from now, I'm no longer interested in playing this game for whatever reason. Maybe I've outgrown it. Maybe, you know, if something happens, I'm just not playing this game anymore. I could actually yeah. sell those assets. Correct. And, and what you just said does happen. I mean, if, as a gamer, you don't play the same game forever. Very seldom. I mean, Steam is a whole, whole market of, of like indie style games that people play. Most people have who in this world have 10 to 20 Steam games that they just download, play for a little while, get burnt out, move around. So the ability for people to, you know transfer their their stored value or basically a store of value of all this energy and time i put into this game and have a way to transfer that to the next game what in this case it's by either selling your assets trading your assets for the next game you want to play you now have a so way to transfer that stuff without losing it random technical question yeah because this is i think this is interesting because one of the things that's really important for when you pick up a new game is learning how to play the game Yep. Right. And so you would have like the either tutorial levels tutorial or levels. Correct. whatever's going on. Um, if you have a marketplace where I can go in and say like someone who's been playing the game for two or three years and has all this really advanced stuff and is like really good at the game. If I just bought all of his stuff and I just brand new, how, how are you guys going to work on managing that sort of like experience in the game where someone who's a new player might be able to come in and purchase high end assets from someone who's a really experienced player um, and how that actually and affects the gameplay? Correct, because that could really like if you if you're playing level one of the game, but you have a level eighty character, you know, it you, all of a sudden now now you're just trouncing levels and not and, and not doing anything good, and that becomes yeah, more or, or not, not really learning how to play the game either. Correct. So one of the things we're building into the game itself is a um, level based uh, difficulty algorithm. So no matter what your level you are. Like no matter what level of the game you are, whether you're in the beginner levels or whatever, the di the, the difficulty of the level is going, or, or the hardness of beating the level is going to increase to be comparable to whatever your um, character is. Yeah. So, so 
so to put that in another um, uh, game that people might be familiar with, Diablo 3 came out um, a few years ago. They do that, where like right. I can play my character, um, and I'm I'm a level 75 you know wizard or whatever, and my son wants to start playing, and he can join me in the co-op, and it'll adjust all of his character stats to be able to play with me. Correct. Right. Or in if concept. I go and play on his game, it'll adjust all of my stats down to match him, so we can co-op together. Correct. And that's what you're sort of what you're talking about is ten, like ten the concept. game. Right. Because the, the thing is, is this we're we're building an indie game, not a triple A game. Now a triple A game requires thousands of people on a team and you know, ungodly amounts of money. I'm not Blizzard. I'm not Microsoft or Sony or any of these companies. We're building an indie game. And we're, that's why we're building in the crypto space because indie games are the next phase of crypto. Um, yeah. AAA studios will come in, but they're going to come in in a couple of years as they, you know, they've they got to they see, there's a lot more that has to happen before they're convinced that it's, they're going to jump in in a big way. Um, also, when those crypto games, AAA games come in, they're not going to build, they're just going to acquire. And then, you know, put their own spin on whatever they acquire. But in our case, our indie game, we can, people are going to play the game faster than we could build updates and new levels and things like that. So they're going to want to be able, if they can only play each level once, that's no fun. But if they can play each level over and over again, but as they play these levels, it actually does get harder because it, the, the game difficulty level is increasing to match their, their stats, then it's more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with the, uh, with sort of the growth of the, uh, the game, are, what, what platforms are you going to be targeting the game to, to start off with? Are you going to be targeting like mobile platform, like iOS, Android, or like consoles or PCs? Like where's, what's your, your first target for releasing the game? So our, our main target for this game is going to be WebGL. We want it to be a browser based game that anybody can in the world can play without the need to have a crazy gaming console or whatever. The next phase of that will be mobile-specific versions of the game. Of course, WebGL means it can also be played on mobile, but we'll, we'll have a, a mobile version as well. The reason so that we're going WebGL... Like the hardware acceleration, you know, on the second version when you go to, like, Target, like iOS or something, you can you can make the game faster or... Correct. We can know. do a lot more detailed stuff. Um, now, the cool thing is, is in the last four months, even four, three, six to four, four to six months, uh, the technology in WebGL has made some major leaps forward. So we're able to get much better graphics, much better performance out of a browser-based game. Um, but yeah, ultimately, that's the first phase. So people can start playing it, and then we'll go into mobiles. And then the other aspect is as the game grows and becomes more uh, involved in a lot more of these other bolt-on add-ons we want to do, we may have a downloadable client as well that needs to be, you know, incorporated with it. Whereas so, the, in the web portion becomes more of a, a battle net, so to speak. And now a quick word from our show's sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. 
The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. And now, back to the Hero Show. Yeah, the last questions I have for you, because we're, we're getting on in, in time here, is the, in, one of the things that I think strikes me is really interesting. I'm curious how, how this is going to bridge the gap between, because um, you, you're trying to get more of the mainstream gamers to play. Mm-hmm. And um, that's sort of like the clincher for getting the crypto games to, to sort of become a thing. And one of the things I've noticed is looking at the uh, NFT games like Mac game and some of the others that are out there that are trying to do similar types of things mm-hmm. is the price of entry is significantly different than say going to, um, you know, pick up a, a AAA game, like, you know, it was like Blizzard's World of Warcraft or whatever cost like 60 bucks to Correct. play the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And to get into some of the NFT games, you have to actually purchase the NFT and those can be, orders of magnitude more expensive to get Correct. in to play I mean, the game. A few hundred bucks to more or more. Yeah, so the cost of entry is radically different than the traditional gaming space. And I'm curious, how to, like, from a marketing standpoint, how are you guys going to be approaching that and how does that actually affect how you guys are going to gain the market share to be you know, a, a mover and shaker in this space? Absolutely. So um, that, that, that is a big, a big part of it. The, one of the sides of it is that if they're willing to buy the NFT and, they're, and they understand what they're buying, that they actually own the asset and that the asset becomes more valuable, um, that, that's one of the mitigating factors that we'll have to do as an education push. But one of the things that we're doing as well is we are going to have a free-to-play version of the game as well. So the free-to-play version does not participate in the play-to-earn economics. If you are a free player, you can earn experience points, but you cannot earn actual crypto rewards, okay? Because it, a free player breaks the system if yeah. they get rewards. So um, the tra- traditional player will be able to buy their mech off the marketplace or wherever they want, start playing the game, buy the mech in the stronghold, they're earning the play to earn stuff. The free to play side is where we are gonna get people hooked. That's where they, c- they can come in, they can mint a oh, gratis mech. The game's actually fun to play. Correct. <laughs> they can mint a gratis mech, which is a gratis means free, right? So it'll be a very base level mech that they can start playing the game, playing all the levels, earning experience points, actually leveling up their mech. Now the gratis mech that they mint, they own it. It's actually an NFT. So they'll, they can get that for you know whatever the, the cost of gas is, basically just mint it and it's yours. So it's pretty much free. Then they can play that mech. They can upgrade it with the exp- experience and stuff like that by playing the game. Just again, like Diablo, they'll get stat points. They can use a couple stat points. They can upgrade from level one to level 40, all that kind of stuff just by playing. But every level they play, they're going to have like an end screen, just like any other player. At the end of completing the level, you'll see all your rewards. You'll see how many enemies you killed, how many towers you built, your score, all of that stuff. The free-to-play player will say, hey, you earned 75 experience points. And then it'll have another thing because I'm a marketer. It'll be like, hey, here's how much you missed out on in crypto rewards. 
So, and it's going to be this constantly upgraded tally. So it's like this level, you lost this, but overall in the time you've been playing, you would have earned $700 or whatever, whatever it is. So we're going to basically. So, so you're going to use the game to educate about the ROI. Correct. That comes from actually owning a portion of the game. Yeah. By, by owning their, their character. Now, they can use that character. They can even sell that free NFT that they wanted to, if they want to. They could try to sell it on the marketplace. Whether someone wants to buy it or not is a different story. But th since they own it, they can sell it. Are you going to build marketplace access into the game? Yes. So um, we are partnered with Byte.io, B-Y-T.io. Um, they are uh, an NFT marketplace as well, multi-chain. They're on uh, multiple different blockchains. But they are doing a lot of really cool gaming stuff. But we'll have our own marketplace within the game that you can use. But all that stuff will also be visible on Byte, on OpenSea, whatever. Um, the incentive to using our internal marketplace is you'll have more customizable controls since we don't control those platforms. Like, let's say you want to, you have your mech and it's equipped with all kinds of, like, let's say five other cool NFT add ons. That's basically a bundle. You can't yeah. sell that as a bundle on OpenSea. You have to sell them individually. On ours, you could sell them as the whole set and someone could buy the whole thing. So yeah, that then they'll be sense. able to do that within the, within the game. So my last question for you here, if people are interested in either side of this, actually playing the game or mm -hmm. maybe investing in the game, which you know, would mean buying some of the NFTs that are you know, getting launched... Where can they do that? Where can they find out about that kind of stuff? And I, the second part of that question is like, what's your timeline look like for actually um, having the game playable and ready to go? Yeah. So uh, best place to find us is again, just go to mech, M-E-C-H dot G-A-M-E. That's the URL. Go there. All of our socials are listed down the, the side right there. You can read the white paper up there. You can join the discord. If you want all the, the itty bitty details and cool stuff from the newest news, you need to join the discord. Um, it's like Slack for crypto, right? It's where everybody yeah. hangs out. Um, so that's the best place to find us. Right, right now, we are heading towards our um, initial launch of the Genesis collection of NFTs, our Genesis collection of characters, basically, our mechs. These, are, these come with all kinds of additional perks because the people who support the game in the earliest phases are basically, if you, if you look at it, my pre-round investors. Yeah, they're, right? they're the ones who believed in us from the get-go. <laughs> Yeah. So we are going to be stacking. I've already got my money set aside to get my first one. Correct. They've got uh, upgraded. <laughs> they've got upgraded stats. They've got better, better weapons, better this. Um, they get perks in the game. They get re higher reward payouts. They get all kinds of stuff. But we're getting ready to launch that at the end of the month. So. So um, end of April. End of April. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we'll have a, we'll have the exact date announced. Um, inside the discord shortly we're just waiting on a couple details from some of our partners but that will be launching following that we'll have all kinds of cool airdrops of additional cool things we have the second collection the base which is called the stronghold collection we have the token launching and then right after that we have the game launching we should have early alpha of the gameplay in the next month month and a half for people to be able to for the initial holders to be able to check it out public game release will happen after that that's uh that's really fascinating. Um so um on on that topic of like actually getting into the game and playing it, mm -hmm. what if someone is, you know, so I I I'm going to just assume that most of my audience is not super up on crypto. Yep. So what do they need to have like you know like on on their like on their device or their computer or whatever to be able to 
participate in the launch and then actually play the game later. Is there anything special they need to have, like a wallet or anything? Yep. Yeah. So th there's a um, there's a couple things. Normally, traditionally, to be able to play a crypto game or to buy an NFT, you need to have cryptocurrency, typically Ethereum. You need to have ha own a certain amount of Ethereum equal to whatever value of you want you want to buy. Right. So if you're going to buy a $200 NFT, then you need a $200 and some change worth of Ethereum. Ideally, you want that in a MetaMask wallet. If you have a Coinbase or Crypto.com or whatever wallet, that's not the same thing. That is a wallet on, a, on an exchange. You would need a MetaMask wallet separately, which you create for free and transfer your money into that. That's where 99% of all crypto wallets live is in, inside a MetaMask. Um, from then, you'll be able to, on the day that we actually launch, which we call a mint in the crypto space, M-I-N-T, you'll be able to mint your mechs, um, meaning that you'll be able to buy them, okay? And you have to, the instructions for that will be on the website. You basically click a button that says connect wallet. You click a button that says mint, select the number that you want, and then you pay. Um, and that's the way that works. What we're also going to be doing, though, with mech is my audience, as much the same as yours, they are... A lot of them want to be involved in crypto, but haven't taken that leap yet. And also the, the getting their, their USD into crypto is problematic in, in terms of just it's a pain in the butt to learn the first time. So we have a lot of people that are wanting to be able to get, get involved, buy a batch of mechs. Most of, uh, be honest, most of my audience wants to buy them as an investment. They want to buy them, flip them after the launch, hold a few for rentals, things like that. They're not looking necessarily to play the game. There's a lot of the audience that's in my discord, they want to play the game, but my traditional business audience like you and me, they're like, Hey, how do I make money off this? Okay. I'll buy six or 10 of your mechs. I'll flip four of them, rent out six of them, whatever. Right. Those guys, we are setting up an opportunity for them to be able to buy with USD with fiat currency. And then they just set up their wallet. And after the launch, we will just send them their NFTs to their wallet. Yeah, yeah, so, that's really that's really exciting. I know, like, I'm I'm planning on buying a couple because I do actually want to play the game. Um, because yeah. I, I mentioned earlier, Tower Defense is like my favorite style of game. Um, and it's it's the one that I can pour hours and hours of my life into and not realize I've done it. Me too. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm I'm really excited for the launch of your game, and it's really cool to see that you're doing this. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing sort of what you guys are up to. Um. I'll put the uh, links to the Discord and um, is, so it, other than the Discord, is there any other links I should make sure to get put into the show notes for this? That, that yeah, we'll, they can I'll, get give, I'll give you a batch. We'll do the YouTube link because you can see all of our past Ask Me Anything calls where people can really kind of learn more of what we're doing, see the game trailer. Um, so we'll do YouTube, we'll do the Medium, we'll do the website and the, and the Discord. And I'll just give you all those links. Awesome. That's really cool. Now, I just because a curiosity question, one last thing here. Where did you find the, how did you put together the team and the talent to do things like, because I've seen your game trailers and you guys are building actual game, like you're building gameplay. Like there's a lot of stuff that I assume is probably new to you because um, you've been in the e-com space for yep. 20 years. Yep. Now you're doing like film and you're doing game and you're doing like all these other things. Like this is, this is a vastly different world. How, what was that sort of experience like? So it's, it's definitely a, a big learning curve every day. Um, the one th thing that has, that I have in my repertoire, if you will, is 20, what is it? 20, 22 years, 23 years of building businesses and hiring people. And that's what I did was I have a great network built up for my other business. And I said, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Who do you know? And they connected me with people. And then from there I connected to other people. Um, and I just started interviewing and hiring. I'm like, okay, I know the basics of what I need. 
the, I found a guy who used to work for Ubisoft as a game lead. He built Assassin's Creed Valhalla and nice. he was a freelancer and I hired him and I was like, okay, here's what else do I need? And then, you know, I already know video from the business world, but not video production to that level. So I just kind of kept reaching out to my network until I found the right people and I just started hiring them. That was the one thing that I'm doing different also from most of these projects is they use the NFT sale as the, as their entire fund to be able to grow yeah. the project, hopefully grow the project. I've never built a business like that. I always believe you have to bootstrap and build the business. So I've self-funded the entire project. And yes, when we sell the NFT collection, that's going to give me a war chest that I will be able to use to further expand and grow the game at a much faster pace. But we've already started. Like I, I have my whole team is on payroll. Like there's no, so we just started doing that from the get go. But it, to, to answer your question, yes, it's been challenging. Yes, it's a whole new world, but my, this, the skills that I've developed in hiring and building teams is what makes this possible. Because even with BGS, it's not, wasn't me that was the rock star at BGS. It was our people. It was the teams. It was, it was the infrastructure team. that we built. Yeah. Yeah. So, so same thing here. So last final question for you, how far out are we from having plushy dolls of our max that we oh, can you like, know what? I actually did talk to a company about that <laughs> while I was in Miami, but their minimums are ridiculously high. So it'll be a while. It'll be a while before we can get plushy dolls of our mechs. Correct. <laughs> uh, it just, it just, um, the t talking of indie games that went really mainstream, Rovio, who created Angry Birds, um, a lot of their success came from stuff that was outside of the game, right? The merchandising and Correct. getting into Hollywood and doing things that was like, there's the game, but then they did all of the marketing around it. Yeah. Um, that made it we're, into we're a doing common some household stuff like name. that too. We're do, we'll be able to do um, because we we have the, we own the assets of the and built the characters themselves. People will be able to get three uh, D models of their of their mechs. You know, they can get you know just regular ones that are just three D printed. They can get some that are hand painted. They can have different levels of that. They'll be able and that on a one of one basis. So they'll be more expensive because they're one of one if they want them painted and all of that. But they can get that. They can get merchandise. They because I mean. Physical products, that's my world. Like, I, I know how to do yeah, that. That's yeah. the one thing I can go, I know how to do that. You know, so <laughs> we'll definitely have, have all kinds of cool stuff like that. But we've had a lot of requests. I was surprised. They want shirts. I wouldn't have thought people would want to wear their mech on their chest, but they do. They want to wear their mech. They want hats. And they want statues. Like, uh, things. Yeah, like, like little pretty figurines. Like, like this dude, right? Like Boba Fett, but not, not, a, not a bobblehead. Well, like, yeah, they're, they're mech from their game, which is cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. So thank you so much, Tanner, for coming on and just sharing what you're up to with um, with my audience. Uh, I'm I, I'm really stoked for your game to launch, you know, because we're friends, but also because yeah. I'm just really excited to see this happen in this space. Um, and I know over the last couple of years watching this grow, I kept telling my inner circle of friends, I was like, the games that get to the point where they're like, you actually own the in-game assets are the ones that are going to win. So Agreed. when I saw you launch this stuff and start talking about it and you were talking about the same thing and I was like, that, that's really <laughs> yeah. cool that you're doing that. And then it's like even extra cool that like, I actually know you, right? You're not yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, just, it's cool to, cool no, to it's, see. It's fun. I mean, I, I can't wait myself. It's kind of surreal still. Like, you know, I never, I always wanted to build a game because I thought it would just be cool, but I never, I never envisioned that that's where I would be. I mean, I went from being a window cleaner to an e-commerce expert to now I'm building a video game. Like, I would have never drawn that career path for me. And yet here we are. Here we are. So, I'm excited. I, I couldn't be more excited. I, I wake up every, I, heck, I don't even sleep. I'm so excited. I wake up super early in the morning and just amped, ready to get ready to dive in. So. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and yeah, uh, sharing, sharing what we're doing. Um, look forward to uh, playing the game with you guys shortly. So uh, thank, yeah, again, thanks for being here. Sure. Thank you.